horrible person, terrible person, you know, uh, there's a balance to everything, amen? Uh, and so, you know, Paul recognized that he said he was the least of all the apostles at one time. He said because he had uh, done damage to the church, right, by persecuting them. And, and, but then other times he said he was the greatest of the apostles. I work harder than all of them. And, and so, you know, uh, I think there's a balance to everything, right? And, and so um, it's, uh, uh, it's helpful. It should be a healthy normal process part of everybody's life that the spirit of god is showing us things in our lives that need to be corrected uh, because the worst thing in the world is for the lord to not tell you anything now some people don't want don't want to hear anything so you know what he does he doesn't tell them anything and they may go through their whole life thinking i'm okay the lord's never corrected me if the lord never corrects you that's a, that's that should be a warning sign to you right uh, I, I remember one time i told i said i asked the lord I said, lord do you treat everybody the way you treat me? Because you're on my case all the time, you know, and, and he is on my case all the time. You know, do you do you talk like this to everybody else? You know, uh, and I don't know the answer to that question, but, uh, you know, I know other people he does. I've heard stories of other people that uh, do that. Now, I remember one time he told Brother Hagin, he said, aren't you a pretty little thing there? You know, preaching faith, uh, not living by faith at all, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, you know, and of course, Brother Hagin, you know, on occasion, Brother Hagin would try to argue his case against the Lord. You know, well, Lord, I don't do that. He's like, is that right? <laughs> what about this time over here? You know, uh, and so uh, I learned from other people's uh, uh, mistakes. Don't argue with the Lord, you know, just asking for more information. Well, what do you mean by that, Lord? You know, you said, what do you mean by that? You know, I don't ever say, well, Lord, I don't do that. Oh, is he going to come back and say, you know, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I, I accused you of that. I was just out of line. I was wrong. He's never going to do that, right? He's never wrong. So if he ever does that, I just roll over and yes, sir, you know. Uh, and then, but see, I, I have learned to be sneaky with him because then I say, well, Lord, what are we going to do to fix this? You know, I, I don't ever say, what am I going to do to fix it? You know, what are you going to do? I say, what are we going to do to fix it? Uh, because he's he has to be part of my solution. He can't be just... My, the, the revealer of my problems, he has to be the, the empowerment of my, my correction, amen, and my changing. So um, it's, uh, uh, let the Lord speak to you, amen? Desire the, the Lord to speak to you. He doesn't, always, he doesn't just correct you. You know, sometimes he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, right? Uh, sometimes, he, you know, he's, uh, the Bible says that, uh, that uh, without faith it's impossible to please him, uh, which means that, that with faith it is possible to please him. Sometimes you are pleasing to the Lord, amen? Uh, and so it's not just a, you know, he's not just an angry old bitter God up in heaven mad at all the world. Uh, he he uh, enjoys uh, our fellowship. Amen. Uh, that's why he created us. And so why don't we pray and we'll get into the word tonight. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of God that dwells in us, that speaks to us, that reveals uh, your plan and will for our lives. And Father, we thank you that according to your word, that we can have everything that it says we can have. We can be everything it says we can be, and we can do everything it tells us to do. So Father, we thank you for the grace of God. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, praise God. Let's see, I'm going to change microphones here because we're scratching. And, um, you know, we keep changing these channels. And, uh, that's going to work for us there. So, um. So let's open our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1. We'll get started there today. We've been talking about prayer, and uh, in this particular prayer, uh, it's, uh, we're talking about united prayer. And, and, you know, some of these prayers kind of overlap with other prayers, uh, and, but that's okay. It's helpful to learn uh, not just the, the mechanics of this, but uh, 
or, or the definition of these types of prayers, but to see them in operation so that we can uh, learn from uh, uh, the examples that the Word of God has given to us. So here in Acts chapter 1, of course, this is after the, um, the resurrection and um, uh, before Pentecost happened. So it says here in verse 14, it says uh, that uh, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. So, you know, his, his brothers and sisters didn't have anything to do with him much before he uh, went to the cross. But now he's gone to the cross and resurrected. Now now they're all all chummy with everybody, you know. And, of course, um, his, his, uh, some of his brothers ended up being ministers, right? Uh, and so, uh, but here we are. So this, this prayer is, is united prayer. So what's the value of being together in prayer, right? Why, why do we do that? Uh, you know, we can pray by ourselves, right? And we should and, and can uh, pray by ourselves. But there are some things, it seems as though from the Word of God, that some things, some events, some plans of God will not be executed in the earth until people gather together in His name in united prayer. And so just in the, the very next chapter there, uh, in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when, when the day of Pentecost was come, was fully come, they were all in... in uh, they were all with one accord in one place. Uh, and then, of course, uh, then verse 2 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So they were all gathered together in prayer, and that's when Pentecost hit. So would it have hit if they had been in their separate houses? Well, we don't know, but it implies that, that uh, their being together in united prayer allowed the Lord to move in this particular way. Uh, and let's turn over to uh, Acts chapter 4 uh, and look at uh, one example there. So Acts chapter 4, of course, the beginning of the chapter. Uh, well, Acts chapter 4, of course, uh, uh, don't know if you know this now, but Acts chapter 4 follows Acts chapter 3, right? And so Acts chapter 3 was the man uh, at, the, uh, at, the, at the gate, uh, beautiful there. Uh, and uh, he was... Uh, um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, at, at the gate was called Beautiful. And he was the one that was prayed for that was lame. Uh, there were Peter and, and James or Peter and John prayed for him and he got healed. And of course, then he got healed and they started having a re revival about that. And uh, all the leadership uh, hated, hated the revival, you know, and, and, and all religious people hate revivals. Right. <laughs> if, if it's somewhere else other than for them. Right. Uh, and so they didn't like it. So they, they threw or they kind of they grabbed uh, Peter and John and, and uh, had uh, threatened them and, and then let them go. Uh, and it says, uh, verse 28, And being let go, uh, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. Uh, and so um, I like the part which says they went to their own company. You know, if you don't have your own company, of course, everybody here has their own company because you're here. But there's a lot of Christians who don't have their own company. And if you don't have your own company, then you'll never get to be blessed by this particular type of prayer, united prayer, right? And uh, there, there's an opinion that uh, some people hold the opinion that they can get everything they need from, you know, the Internet or whatever. Uh, but, you know, I was reading a, a, a book uh, the other day about uh, from this one minister from many years ago. And he said at, at, when, at the beginning of the 1900s, you know, when, when from the 1800s to 1900s, you know, radio started picking up uh, and... Um, there was uh, some church or some person prophesied that there's coming a day when 
because the radio will be so prevalent that that pastors and churches will be unnecessary to preach the gospel, that they can just hear everything they need on the radio, and then the, the pastor can just be the one who, you know, paints the walls or whatever, you know, so don't really be a need for a pastor. Well, that was at the, in the age of radio. So did that come to pass? No. Why didn't it come to pass? Because it was dumb, right? I mean, it just the, the Lord never intended for us to just hear on the radio uh, a sermon, and that's sufficient to our lives, right? Uh, we need to see people, right? You need to be seen, uh, and it's to your benefit, to your spiritual benefit, to be seen. Uh, and of course, that's why people don't want to go to church. They don't want to be seen. Uh, and they think that God will speak to them that way. Well, God didn't speak to the to the individuals here. He spoke to them when they gathered together. Uh, and Peter and, and John went to their own company. Uh, and uh, and you know, and I say this uh, because I've believed this long before I was a pastor. You know, I believed in going to a local church and you know, being part of a local church. And um, uh, there's going to be a lot of people when they get to heaven going to be really disappointed because the Lord's going to say, you know, you're in second grade. You should have graduated from college by now, but you're in spiritually you're in second grade because you never went to the church that I instructed you to go to. And uh, and, you know, then they'll be in remedial class, you know, and, and there's a good chance I'll be teaching some of them. Right. Because I'll get to heaven and Lord needs a bunch of teachers and I'll be one of them. You know, and uh, we'll see. I don't know what that means. Right. But uh, uh, but uh, but I suppose and I don't know, but I suppose that there'll be school in heaven uh, because uh, will we know everything there is to know? You know, people say, oh, you know everything. I don't. You know, we're not going to be God when we get to heaven. Uh, we, we won't have limitations when we get to heaven. But still, uh, you know, a baby is perfect. But do they know anything? You know, I mean, baby's born. And, and if they're healthy, they're, they've got all the same brain cells that you do, you, you do, right? All the same exact muscles that you do. Can they walk? Go give them your car keys when it happens to them. Nothing, right? They can't do anything. They're just useless, just lumps of, of, uh, uh, of flesh there, right? And they just eat and take and take and take, right? And they don't ever work or anything. And, uh, well... You know, uh, eventually they learn, uh, and, and you know, really, you spend the the rest of your life learning, amen. Uh, and um, you know, so that so there are probably people in that have to go to remedial class, you know, and and uh, when we get to heaven. But if you're smart, you'll learn what you need to learn here, right? Because you don't want to be behind, right? You don't want to get to heaven a while behind all these things. Uh, and so, uh, have a company, amen. Uh, and this goes for all of our. Hello, Facebook friends, you know, uh, I encourage you, all of you have a local church. Glad that you're watching this service here, but you need to have a local pastor and and um, you need to have a local church, a physical building that you go to with a physical pastor that you listen to uh, that can see you and pray for you and and uh, be there for you. Um, and I understand sometimes people are not well physically and they can't get out and do those things. And so we're not talking about unusual circumstances. We're just talking about normal people who can go and do these things and it's to your spiritual advantage, amen? It's, to, it's good for you to do that. Uh, and so uh, they reported all the things that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God uh, with one accord. So united prayer, right? Uh, a lot of people say, you know, more than one person shouldn't be praying at, at a time. But it says they, they lifted up their voice. Is that plural or singular? It didn't say they lifted up his voice, right? They lifted up their voice uh, with one accord. Uh, now, it, wasn't, it didn't mean that they were saying the exact same thing, but they were saying essentially the same things, right? They were ministering to the Lord, uh, and they said these things, right? They said, Lord, thou art God. So Peter and John had uh, told them and reported to them all the things that the chief priests had said to them. 
But that's not what they started out with. They didn't say, well, uh, Lord, uh, we're being threatened, and please uh, help us and do something because we don't know what to do. We're afraid of these people. No, uh, they, by faith, they declared that the Lord is God. So they started declaring how big God was before they ever mentioned their problem. And see, that's, that's what a person of faith does. Uh, a person of fear always starts out with, Lord, you know, you have to do something about this problem right now. Uh, and he said, well, what about me? You know, uh, am I not worthy to be worshipped? Am, am, am I not the solution to your problem? Why are you coming to me in fear? So we don't go to the Lord in fear. We go to the Lord in faith. And a person of faith can go to the Lord and say, well, Lord, you know, I know I've got to deal with this thing here. But before I deal with this, I need to remind you and me about how big you are. You're God. Uh, you made the heaven. You made the earth. You made the sea. You made all that's in them. Uh, and he said, who, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage? And the people imagined vain things. Uh, and so, you know, they're saying, oh, these people are doing things, you know, but still, uh, that, that's, uh, uh, they're just now getting that after worshiping God. And he said, the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered against, uh, together against the Lord and against his Christ. Well, you know, in the Old Testament, there were no kings gathered together against the Lord. There were no kings gathered against the, the, the Messiah. I mean, no, none of the kings like, you know, Syria said, hey, we come here to destroy Jehovah God. Nobody said that. They all came to destroy Israel. But if they came to destroy Israel, who did they come up against? The Lord, right? And so, and that's what they said. So they weren't against Israel. Now, they thought they were. Who were they against? They were against the Lord and the Messiah. Uh, so if somebody comes against you, they're not against you. Who are they against? They're against the Lord and his Messiah, right? Uh, and do uh, you think he takes kindly to threats? You, you think he's bothered by threats? <laughs> You're like, well, did, did somebody, was that a mosquito that said something? Oh, it's just a, sorry, it's a gnat. Uh, I'm sorry, a little gnat was, was buzzing around here. Uh, let me squash that little gnat. Uh, no, the Lord's not concerned. Uh, and so, you know, even in their prayer, you know, the nice thing about this prayer is there's revelation in this prayer, right? Uh, there, there were no kings who said we came, we came here to destroy Jehovah. Uh, all of them said we came here to destroy Israel. Uh, but uh, they forgot that they were uh, uh, members of the covenant house of God. Is it for a truth uh, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together? Uh, and, you know, of course, uh, that, that doubles up on making the uh, religious people mad. They could be okay with, with uh, saying that it was Herod, be okay that they said it was, it was Pontius Pilate. They could even be okay that saying it was Gentiles. Uh, but the religious Jews at that time would have been super insulted by being uh, accused about being against uh, the Messiah. Of course, were they against the Messiah? They were. Uh, and so uh, he went, they went on and continued to prayer uh, in verse 24, to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. So again, they speak in Revelation. They knew that everything that happened to the Lord Jesus was done by the counsel and by the, the, the determination of God the Father. So nothing that happened to Jesus was a surprise. Nothing that happened to Jesus was uh, by uh, him being a victim. Uh, it was by the counsel of the Lord, of the Father God. Amen? It says, so, so they make their case, hey, uh, by the way, Lord, these people are being against us. Now, now, they didn't say we're afraid, we're despondent, 
uh, we're dis we're 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 uh, under pressure. Um, you know, we, we uh, now if you remember way back in chapter one, and we didn't read it there. Uh, let's see if we can find it there. Um, well, let's see. Uh, well, I'm not sure if I can find it there now, but uh, uh, somewhere it says that they were gathered together for fear of the Jews, but that may have been in um, uh, in one of the Gospels there. Uh, and so, uh, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, that was probably one of the Gospels then at the end of it there. Uh, and so, uh, we'll find that here later there. Uh, but there was no, there was no uh, fear here in Acts chapter 4. Now, in previous uh, times of prayer, there was fear and uh but what's happened between that point in time and Acts chapter 4? What big event occurred in Acts chapter 2? There's the Holy Spirit fell, right? And the Holy Spirit completely changed these people. You know, they, now they were all saved, right? Because of, if you go back to when G Jesus was resurrected uh, back in, in John chapter 20. Uh, in fact, it would be good to just turn over there. Uh, in John chapter 20. Um, Oh, yeah, here, here we go. So there we go. The Lord's smarter than all of us. In John chapter 20, verse 19, this is after the resurrection. This is then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Came Jesus and stood in their midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands in his side. And to then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, so even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So when he did that, did they receive the Holy Ghost? Well, they did, right? Uh, but what was the work of the Holy Ghost that they received here in John chapter 20? It was a new birth, right? So they all got born again here because that's what, when you first receive the Holy Spirit, that's him coming into your life and recreating your spirit, right? You can't receive the Holy Spirit until you're born again. Uh, that's part of the born again process. Uh, and so he breathed on them because if you remember, what does that sound like? What event, when, when did the Lord breathe upon people before? Anybody remember? Adam and Eve, right? He said he breathed into Adam the breath of life, right? Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Well, that breath of life that he was talking about in the old covenant is the Holy Spirit. And so, and the Bible says, and Adam became a living soul, right? He, he came alive spiritually. He, he was just a lump of mass, lump of clay prior to that and the lord breathed his spirit into adam and he became a living spirit uh, and so uh, this is the same thing here that they were not born again in the previous verse now they're born again so they started in fear they got born again but still you know uh, uh this is this is uh um uh, in, in john um chapter 20 they're born again if you come down the, to uh chapter 21 uh, so now jesus has left for a little while right so he, he was showing up to people at different times uh throughout the the period of time from the from the resurrection until pentecost which was about about 50 days 50 days from from passover was pentecost so it's been a few days now um, and so jesus has been appearing to them off and on during this time and so after they get born again so now they're born again right now they now if they died they would go to heaven uh, and it says in verse 1 of chapter 21, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea 
of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. Uh, they said to them, we go, we also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately that in that night they caught nothing. So what was Peter's profession before he became an apostle? He was a fisherman, right? Did he do was did he do any work as a fisherman while he was an apostle with under the ministry of the Lord Jesus? As far as we know, he wasn't in the profession, right? Because if you remember, when he had to pay taxes, Jesus paid the taxes for him, right? He said, "Go down to this, go down to the lake." So, all of all of uh, Peter's funding came from Jesus, his boss, right? Because Jesus was was over the twelve. Uh, they left, remember, they left everything and followed him, right? So they left the boat, left everything and followed him. And so they weren't in the, in the business of fishing while they were under, under the ministry of Jesus. And so when Peter said, I go a fishing, what he meant is I'm, I'm going back to my career as a fisherman. And, of course, uh, a lot of times uh, if somebody that you think is a leader does something, what's everybody else going to do? They're going to follow him, right? And what do, they, what do the other ones say? We go also with thee. Well, you know, uh, be careful who you follow. Amen. Uh, you know, they, they were looking at Peter. If they were looking at the Lord Jesus, what did Jesus say? Uh, he said, so send I you. He said that in verse 21, the previous chapter, so send I, I'm sending you out. What did they do? They went fishing. Well, that's not being sent out. That's going fishing. Uh, and so, you know, now they're born again. But, you know, they were still kind of fearful. They were like, well, you know, we don't really know. I guess Jesus, you know, I guess it, it was a good ride, boys, but I guess let's go back to fishing and, and uh, let's go do something different. Uh, and so, uh, and then that's, you know, chapter 21, Jesus had to come back, kind of encourage them again. Hey, boys, got to get back on the trail here, right? Uh, and then, so then we go to back to uh, the book of Acts there. Uh, and uh, the, the, the boldness of Peter really only arrived after the day of Pentecost, right? So on, on the day of Pentecost, then there in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, where it says there, um, uh, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues, right? As the Spirit gave them utterance. And then um, uh, it says in verse uh, 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and sent unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all that ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. So now Peter's finally bold enough to preach. Now he was born again in, in John chapter 21, but there was no boldness to preach. Uh, he, gets, he got born again uh, in that chapter. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit in, in the act of Pentecost here in Acts chapter 2. And now he's finally empowered to, to uh to speak, and of course that's that's what uh, that, that's what exactly Jesus had told them there in just back in chapter one. I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but uh, you know we're kind of following a path here. Uh, back in, in in Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says, "But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you." So uh, the Holy Ghost coming upon you uh, is one phrase. If you go back at chapter five or verse five of the same chapter. It says, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So being baptized with the Holy Ghost, having the Holy Ghost come upon you, and uh, being filled with the Spirit, right? Uh, that's what it says in chapter 2. Uh, 
all of those phrases are phrases which which define and explain what happens at the at the act of Pentecost, right? So it's not a different Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit that you got when you got born again, but it's a different work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, did, he, did he say, uh, and you shall receive power, those of you that are members of the Pentecostal church only. Everybody else, this is not for you. Did he say that? No, who was this for? It was for everybody, right? So technically, should there even be a Pentecostal church per se? Well, not technically, because really every church should be a Pentecostal church, right? Every Baptist church ought to speak in tongues. Every Catholic church ought to speak in tongues. Every Seventh-day Adventist church ought to speak in tongues. Every church that there is on the planet Earth that, that declares Jesus as the Lord should speak in other tongues. Amen. Uh, and so. So uh, but but this was the plan of God here, he said, uh, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And after this event, after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, then he said, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and, and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So it was always the plan of God. Now, th now who is saying these words? The, the Lord Jesus. What position does he stand in? Several, right? But, but as far as we're concerned, one of the most important positions he stands in is the head of the church, right? He runs the church. It's his church. He runs it how he sees fit. The master, the head of the church, instructed us that my plan for you is to not do anything until you're baptized with the Holy Ghost. Then you become a, my witness. I don't want you to be witnesses unto me prior to you being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Is that what he says? That's what he says, right? After these things, then you can go be witnesses, right? Because uh, the witness, part of the witnessing is also to be operating in signs and wonders and miracles. Uh, and if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit and don't have access to the gifts of the Spirit, you know, the Lord can do some things, and, and you know, it's not um, impossible for the Lord to use somebody not baptized with the Holy Spirit. But that wasn't his plan. His plan was get born again, get baptized with the Holy Spirit, and then you're, then he said uh, at the beginning of that, you shall receive power. That word power there is supernatural miracle work and power. So if you're only born again, you've not received the supernatural miracle work and power that's, that's, the, that's the rivers of living water flowing out of your belly. That's not, you, you've missed that part, right? You have the wells of salvation, according to John chapter 4, and you can, you can testify you're about your salvation. That's great. But you don't have the rivers of living water. In, in John chapter 7, it even says that this is talking about the Holy Spirit, and it's talking about the Pentecostal experience. It's not talking about the born-again experience because that's in John chapter 4. Uh, and so uh, he said there that uh, you're going to receive power. So the plan was always to receive power, and then be witnesses. And so at this point, then Peter becomes, uh, when, at, at, when Acts chapter 2, and they get uh, filled with the Spirit, then Peter becomes bold and stands up. Before that, John chapter 21, he was so fearful, he was thinking, well, it's over. Well, I'm just going to go back to fishing. Uh, but then he got, and he, but he was born again in, in John chapter 21. In, in uh, Acts chapter 2, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he has that power and that power not only produces miracles, but it also produces boldness, right? It produces that, that confidence to speak on behalf of the Lord. Uh, and that's why now we're here back in Acts chapter 4 in the united prayer. That's why they're so bold, because they're filled with the Spirit. There's no pride here. There's no intellectual, well, we're smarter than them. We've more, got more people than they do. Or, you know, the, the movement is with us. There's no pride or, or, or mental... Uh, uh, 
arguing going on here. It's just the power and the boldness of the Spirit of God. They feared nobody. Uh, and uh, he said, uh, so all of that, they, they, they worshiped the Lord. They mentioned to the Lord almost in passing because they don't even tell. They don't mention here that, oh, by the way, Peter and John were just arrested, Lord. You know, you got to do something. Uh, they just said, hey, they're, they're against you. There's people that are against you. Uh, and and, um, and and so it didn't even dwell on the specifics. Well, they beat him. You know, they were they and they said mean things to him. They didn't even mention the specifics, right, of what was actually done to them. Why? Because they're people of faith and they have the shield and the uh, of the Lord. Right. They have the power of the Lord. They have the supernatural miracle work and power of the Lord operating in them. And so there's no fear at all and, and no concern about, the uh, you know, because the concern is, you know, they mention every single thing and. I mean, you ever met people that can tell you everything anybody's ever done with them? You know, I, I remember that. They did this to me. You know, well, when was that? It was 87 years ago on a Tuesday. I said, well, you know, it's been so long. How do you remember that specific thing, right? Uh, and, and and so it's not. It's just the very same day here. They're praying, and they don't. They don't even mention any specifics about it. But then they get down to verse 29. They say, "Now, Lord, behold their threatenings." So they did. They they do get to that point there, and that's it. Uh, they're threatening. They didn't go to what, what they said or the specifics or how it hurt their feelings or, you know, we're afraid. Lord, if you don't do something now, we're all going to die. And uh, They said, here's how we want you to, to handle it. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. You know, they wanted to double up. And here's the thing. Sometimes, you know, people come against the church and we all cower away. And, and we all, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe we should have said those things. May, you know, we need to put on a policy. I mean, every, it seems like today, nowadays, you do anything wrong. And, and, I mean, you do anything, and somebody says, you're wrong. oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, well, you own it. If you, if you meant it, own it, right? Especially if it's the words of the gospel, own it. You know, I got no problem saying, well, you know, homosexuality is sin and transgenderism. You know, uh, uh, transgenderism, the, the root of it is sin. But, but my concern is, is the harm it does to the person itself. I mean, you know, you go get surgery and, and it, you know, it's a one way street, right? You get something chopped off or sewed on. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a one way street there. And, and you know, the, the mental anguish that you're going to suffer maybe the rest of your life is just uh, it, it, I can't even imagine how much suffering you do mentally, you know. And so uh, I think it's the, the people that are pushing it are the ones that are in so much sin. You know, there was some law, I think it was in Arkansas. They tried to pass or they did pass it, I think, had to override the veto of the of the. Uh, uh, of the governor that said, if you're under 18, you can't go go get surgery to change your gender. You wait till you're old enough to make that decision. And if you still, you know, make a crazy decision like that as an adult, well, you know, that's you as an adult making a crazy decision. But, you know, there's, there's, you know, we need to support these trans youth. These youth aren't trans. They're, they're transgender because some adult is pushing it on them. Some adult is mentioning, hey, maybe you're not really that gender. You know, you can be whatever gender you want to be lying to them and, and just i mean that that's lies from the pit of hell lies right you can be whatever gender you want to be you know there gender is just a social construct it's not even real a real thing when you go look at a micro uh, a microscope it's a real thing you women you've got because you know you need more help than men you got one more chromosome than men do right and i mean us men we can get by with less i guess you know uh, and um uh, you know th there's it's a genetic it's not a social construct it was designed by heaven to be that particular way uh, and, 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 you know, we should embrace, you know, there, even in the church, there's been so much uh, mostly against women in the church. Uh, well, the Lord made women 
what in the world, you know? Why, are we, why do we ever be against women, right? Um, and women, you know, I mean, all this stuff about women can't preach and except for the hundred women that are preachers in the Bible. You know, what about all those? You know, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, I mean, we just, uh, we have been so messed up over the years. You know, there, there, even in the Pentecostal circles, it, there's a time when, you know, women could wear no jewelry. Now, men could be decked out, you know, uh, all kinds of jewelry and fancy, you know, fancy suits and, you know, all this fine stuff. Women had to wear a bag uh, and just look ugly, right? Not, not allowed to comb the hair and, you know, put any hair dye in their, in their, in their hair if they wanted to. I don't care if you dye your hair or not. It ain't nothing to me, right? I mean, if you, if that, you wear it however you want to. It's, it shouldn't be any of my business, right? Uh, and, um, I mean, just, uh, it's it, it just, uh, we, sh- we, shouldn't, we shouldn't cower when they try to shut us down. You hate people. You know, I love every person who thinks they're a transgender more than any person who's told them they're a transgender because they are messed up. Uh, and the d- n- amount of devils and lies they've been hearing will scar them for life if they're not. Now, I'm, the Lord can heal anything. I know he can, and he will, and, and no, dad, no doubt uh, he plans on it. But there's so many adults lying to these children that you can just do whatever you want to do. You know, the, uh, the, everybody thought, well, it's going to stop when they get same-sex marriage. It's not going to stop. You know, n- I mean, now it's this big push on trans. You think that's the end of it? Now, next thing you're going to be sleeping with dogs and cats, I can guarantee you, I want to marry my, my puppy. Or I want to, you know, sleep with a horse. I mean, just, it, it'll get, it, you think the perversion is going to stop at that level? It'll be more perverted because they're pushing now that, you know, adults ought to be able to sleep with children. And, you know, it's just normal. You can't change that. You know, this is, if, they like, if they're attracted to children, then they ought to be able to sleep with children. Uh, and, and as horrifying as that sounds, uh, there is plenty of adults who believe that that's true, that if an adult wants to sleep and marry a child, then they ought to be able to sleep with and marry a child and have relations with, the chi- with children. Uh, uh, I mean, could you think transgenderism is bad. Uh, they'll do that, and, and they won't stop. Because as long as there's people on the earth, you remember when the, way back in Noah's days, it said their, their thoughts were only evil continually. See, that's the goal of uh, the Bible calls it lasciviousness, lack of constraint. The, the world wants the church to stop constraining their evil. Stop telling us it's wrong. Stop telling us these things are insane. Uh, and they do that by bullying the church and by shutting us out of, uh, out of the public square. But, you know, uh, people act like, uh, like all these fancy things like Facebook and, and uh, you know, all these uh, YouTube and things like that, you know, that's run by heathens. And most of them are run by heathens. But it was all the Lord's plan. The Lord uses this technology only for the purpose of advancing the gospel. And if they shut the church out, I can guarantee you all those things will collapse and the Lord will rise up something else. Uh, he won't put up with all this mess. He allows the, the you know, he used kings uh, and other uh, leaders in the Old Testament. They were outside of the covenant of Israel to help God's people. Lots of times he will use these heathens to allow us to get the gospel out in the world and preach on Facebook and preach on Vimeo and places. But uh, if they think they can shut the church out, you know, I don't have to go start. The Lord will rise up will raise it up. He will figure it out. And they'll all, you know, die poor and die with, with uh, uh, even if they die rich, they're going to die outside the Lord. Uh, and so they won't have gained anything. So we don't need to be afraid. What we need to make sure is that whatever we say, we say it in love. Amen. If a thousand transgender people walked in and wanted to hear the gospel, praise God, I'd let them hear the gospel, right? If a bunch of drag queens walked in and wanted to hear the gospel, I let them walk in and hear the gospel. Amen. 
wouldn't bother me a bit. Wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, I, I would just do whatever the Lord wanted me to do. Now, if they wanted to come in and cause a ruckus, you know, uh, and and uh, stir up stuff, you know, uh, they're fixing to pass a law with, that you can carry a handgun without uh, without a license in Tennessee, you know. So just, you know, I don't think we it's going to come to shooting anybody. But, uh, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is, is not helpful, right? And the Spirit of God will shut them down, right? How many times did Paul, remember he t- told Simeon, you know, or I think it was Simeon that, you know, that you won't see for a season. And he, he walked away blind by the power of God, not by sickness and disease. So, you know, the church needs to get back to where we really believe that we're filled with the spirit and the power of God so that when we're dealing with, with these people that are trying to constrain the church, then we can deal with them, amen? And we deal with it by the power of God. We don't do it by picketing and those types of things. Uh, but uh, And that's what they said here. They said, Lord, behold their threatenings. We're going to shut you guys down. We're going to take away your tax exemption status. I don't care. Take it all away. You know, that doesn't change the gospel at all, right? Well, you know, we're going to, because we're always going to be blessed as a, as a ministry because the Lord is who blesses us, right? It's not the government of the United States that blesses us. Now, take it all away. I don't care. Uh, the Lord, the Lord will, will prosper us in whatever capacity is necessary for us to get the gospel out. Uh, and so, you know, and now the problem that happens many times is churches get in bed with the government and they start figuring out how to get government grants and different things. And, and they end up becoming, you know, uh, welfare churches from the government and they can't do without government money. And then they're stuck. Right. Because, uh, you know, the government's not my source. Uh, the Lord Jesus is my source. So uh, so he they mentioned, behold, the threatenings. Uh, and he said, grant unto us that with all boldness, we may speak thy word. So they were doubling up in their boldness. Lord, we want to speak. We want to be more bold. You know, and, and, and I got no problem with being bold and, and talking about these things. Because for me, from my perspective, I think the church is more messed up than the world. I mean, the world's always sinners, right? They're always going to be sinners. They're going to do crazy things, insane things, and say that same-sex marriage is normal and, and homosexuality is normal and, you know, transgenderism is normal and sleeping with dogs and cats is normal and whatever. You know, the sky is green and the grass is blue. And, you know, they're going to call everything opposite world. Uh, and, and that's just the world. I can't change the world in the sense of uh, uh, until they accept the Lord Jesus. But I'm most concerned about the church because the church is, you know, the church gets under pressure just like these people were under pressure. And many times the church's response, instead of doing what they did, so, Lord, let's double up on boldness. They go, well, maybe, maybe uh, we just don't need to preach so hard. Right? Well, we just don't. And I'm not, you know, preaching about sin all the time, you know, because that, that's the, we're supposed to preach the gospel. But the best gospel for a transgender person is, you know, the Lord made you who you are and he loves you just the way you are. You know, you're not somebody else. You're who you are. God made you for a purpose. Uh, that's the gospel. Amen. But then when we back off of that and say, well, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be, we don't be shut out of the public square. You know, the Lord will find a way. Uh, the Lord always finds a way. You know, all of this technology here. I mean, it's amazing. You know, people can watch us now all over the world just with that tiny little camera right there. All over the world, we can uh, preach the gospel. But, you know, we still got to go. He, he didn't say go into all the world until you get a camera, right? He said go into all the world, period, right? Now, camera's great, but that's not going into all the world, right? Uh, uh, and so uh, that's not the end game, amen? But it's nice that we get to do that. So they said, uh, Lord, grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word. So boldness has to also be empowered by the love of God, Amen. If we're just preaching everybody's evil, you know, every homosexual is going to die and go to hell, and every transgender ought to be buried in the background, and, uh, that's, that, that really is hate speech, right? And, and uh, 
That's the dumbest thing in the world. It's like, you know, the Lord loves them. He died for that person over there just as much as he died for you. In fact, he, you know, he said uh, uh, more than once that, that he came, uh, uh, that a physician comes to heal the sick. That well people don't need a physician, right? So Jesus didn't come to the earth to save the righteous. They were already righteous. He came to the earth to save the, the sinners. That's why he came. And so, um, you know, if it's a homosexual sinner or a transgender sinner or just a garden variety uh, hillbilly sinner, you know, he came to save them all, didn't he? Amen. Uh, and, uh, and so we, we in the church need to straighten up a little bit about our relationship with sin as far as not being recoiled by uh, a sinner who walks into a church, right? Look what they're wearing. And you, you all have never done that because we wouldn't be friends if, if, uh, if I saw you doing that. But I have talked to church members who were recoiled when they saw people sinning in the world. And it, to me, it was very distasteful. I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? You know, that's the very person you're called to go help. Is you don't, you're not called to go preach the gospel to the... You ever got cornered by a preacher in church? They just preach the whole gospel to you in church, right? And you're like, you know, I'm saved, right? You know, I'm in, I'm in the same church you are. I can't tell you how many times I've been cornered in church by another minister and they preach the entire, you know, Genesis to Revelation, and sometimes all the way in the maps and the con concordance and index and, you know, even the copyright page. I mean, they preach everything to you. And it's like, you know, I'm saved, right? I'm going to heaven. Uh, you know, save this for the sinner, right? Uh, but um, uh, so uh, we need to speak boldly. But, you know, bold is not equivalent to being rude. And boldness is not the same as being unkind. Uh, and and boldness is not necessary to be hateful and be bold at the same time. Amen. Jesus, I mean, you go re read the, uh, the Beatitudes in Mark five, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and just wonderful messages, right? Speaking of love and, you know, love your enemy and uh, just doing good things, and, and uh, it was good news, right? And so you can speak boldly without being rude and unkind and, and uh, disrespectful to people because you need to see everybody as God sees them that they all are potential children of the Most High God. Uh, and if you'll see that, then, then the sin is just an issue that's keeping them from getting to God. It doesn't keep God from getting to them. He's already reconciled himself to the whole world, right? So there's no issue on God's side. He's already paid for the sin. The sin's already been paid for. So the only issue is, is their hindrance, uh, is, is their understanding that they need to receive the Lord. So, uh, but I can guarantee you, you think it's bad now. It's just, you know, the Lord hasn't come back yet. It will get worse, right? It hasn't got to the point where Noah, where they, they only had evil thoughts continuing. Now, some people, I wonder about them. But um, it's, I don't think it's as bad as the days of Noah yet. Um, and because um, uh, the Lord said about Noah's time, he said, I repent that I ever made man to begin with. That's pretty tough right there, right? He hadn't said that yet. Uh, he's coming back. But, um, uh, but we, we expect to see a great, mighty outpouring of, of the supernatural power that we're talking about here uh, that uh, before the Lord comes back. He said, so, uh, Lord, uh, grant another service that with all boldness we may speak thy word. And then what's going to empower them to be bold? By stretching forth thine hand to heal, that we can have the biggest picket signs and, and, the, and the loudest megaphones and have the biggest petition against the government. Is that what he says? No, by stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. Uh, and, and then it says, uh, that's in verse, well, we got to go back to Acts chapter 4. And then what was the result of that prayer there in verse uh, 31? And when they had prayed, the place was shaken when they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I thought they were filled with the Holy Ghost. 
in chapter 2. They were. But there's a continual filling that's, that's necessary, right? Uh, and, it, and so let's, uh, uh, and they spake the word of God with boldness. So they did, so they were able to do what they prayed. So that's, so this really is the united prayer, but it's also the prayer of faith, right? Lord, here's what we're asking for. And we believe that we're going to get it. And did they get it? Well, they got it, right? And so because it says right there, they spake the word of God with boldness. But let's read just a couple more verses here. It says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them uh, uh, that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power, supernatural miracle work and power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection, of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Uh, and so, uh, so what did they pray for? Number one, they prayed for boldness. Number two. They prayed that, uh, uh, that signs and wonders would be done by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. What was the very first thing that they did? They spoke the word of God boldness. What was the second thing they did? Great power gave, uh, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So uh, we start seeing a, uh, an even greater, um, you know, because before that, the only, only miracle that had occurred was, I mean, the Pentecost was a miracle, of course, but, the only miracle was, was the man at the gate beautiful, just one guy. Now it says that all the apostles with great power gave witness, supernatural power gave witness of the resurrection of Lord Jesus. So now they've already significantly expanded uh, how much uh, that they were uh, preaching. And then you continue on just a little bit more in chapter 5 there. It says in verse 12, uh, and by the hands of uh, the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. What do you think they're doing in one accord in Solomon's porch? Well, they're praying just like they were doing in, in, uh, in chapter 4. Uh, and it says, and, the, and of the rest, there's no man joined himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were the more added to the church, uh, added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, uh, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them and came also a multitude out of the cities round about in Jerusalem, bringing sick folk with, with them that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed every one. You know, that level of power where everybody gets healed, that's pretty intense power because if you go over to chapter 8 when, when Philip was preaching, uh, so now this was the group, right? This was the united prayer, but you go over to Acts chapter 8. Uh, it says, that uh, uh, in verse uh, 5 there, so this is just Philip by himself. Uh, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So he's doing, he's doing the things that they prayed for, right? Uh, for unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of how many? There it says out of, out of many. Does it say all? No, it says many. So in this case, not all of them that were possessed uh, came out. And many, not all, taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there's great joy in that city. So, uh, and that's not to diminish Philip. That's just saying that there's, when they're in one accord back in, in chapter 4 and chapter 5, and the group of them working together, the group of them together is what got all the job done. Now, if we split off as individuals, we can still get a lot of stuff done, but we can't get as much done. And that's just kind of the normal way things work with the Lord, right? Uh, and so, uh, so it just tells you the value of united prayer. It tells you how, much, how important it is 
because it wasn't just one person, right? It wasn't just, uh, wasn't just the apostles. Now, most of them were the apostles here, but it, it doesn't say in verse 16 that there were, that, there, uh, that there were only apostles healing everybody uh, because Jesus didn't say in Acts chapter 1 that the power was only for the apostles. He said the power was for everybody, right? Uh, and so, and Philip was an apostle, right? So Philip uh, was aware of these things here. Uh, and so, uh, so the United Prayer uh, it is, uh, uh, it's just really important uh, because if a church can get, get together and pray these same time, Lord, we want, we want to speak your word with boldness, right? Uh, and, and I think it would be helpful for us to always temper that with the Lord. We want to make sure when we preach bold, boldly, it has to be with compassion because our model is the Lord Jesus, right? Uh, and our model is to, uh, to sp- uh, speak boldly like he did, but also with compassion and, and with power, right? Not just vocal power and, and, and bold power, but supernatural power, right? To also heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Uh, and so uh, that's the model that we need to look at and that we should desire, right? So what happened here if you follow them, what, what they did is they had a little persecution, minor persecution. They mentioned, Lord, by the way, that we got a little persecution. Uh, and they said, Lord, here's what we want. We want to double up. We want to uh, speak your word boldly. And we want signs and wonders. And what did they got? What did they get? They got boldness. They got signs and wonders. And then what was the result for the church? The church grew, right? It says uh, that, uh, uh, that the Lord added to the church multitudes, both of men and women. And, you know, we, I know we had done a study uh, many, uh, maybe even a couple of years ago, just went through the book of Acts and looked at it. Every time it says what many were added to the church, two thi- one of two things happened every time before that. Either it was a great marketing campaign or they had a great sale on TVs, right? Is that what happened in the book of Acts? No, there was no great marketing campaign and no selling of TVs, right? It was always either miracle signs and wonders or preaching of faith. And when one of those two, one of those two things went, uh, the church was added to. And so, uh, from my perspective, if you have to grow your church some other way, now, you know, I don't have a problem with advertising. I don't have a problem with some of those things. Uh, but that's not the primary way that we should be growing the church, right? The primary way we should be growing the church is get the word out that, hey, that church has signs and wonders and miracles. Get the word out that, hey, that church preaches faith, right? And that's what should draw the people because you know people will go to a flesh church or a user-friendly church but after a while they'll, they'll feel empty because they're just there's no victory in that right there's no victory in just everybody slapping each other in the back oh you're wonderful no you're more wonderful than i am no you're more wonderful than i am uh that, that doesn't really help people right but faith will help people and, and signs and wonders and miracles will help people amen uh and so we we've got uh, we could look at some other verses but um I, i'll just read this to you you don't have to turn there right now but uh, way back in in second chronicles uh, chapter 7, when they were dedicating the temple, it says now, in verse 1, now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. So there's real value in uh, united prayer. Amen. The, 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 it helps the church 
to pray this way. And uh, now, if you remember, it says they were all in one accord. So uh, now that doesn't mean they, they were all chanting the exact same words, but their goal and direction was the same. And, and you know, one of the greatest things that uh, a pastor can do is, is encourage people to be on the same uh, uh, same path that he's on as far as the vision of the church goes, right? Uh, and, you know, of course, you all know the vision of the church here is to be a church where we teach the Word of God uh, in faith and uh, the Lord is free to move by His Spirit as He as he wills, right? Uh, and we always want to elevate the Word of God here and elevate the, the Spirit of God here. And so that's not hard to get behind, right? That's pretty easy to get behind, I would think, um, and, and pursue that. Uh, but really, and, and, and I don't think anybody here is against that at all. I think 100% all of you are for that. Uh, but we have to uh, make sure that we're not only not against it, but that we are preaching or praying in that direction too. You know what I'm saying? So it's not just being neutral is sufficient. It's uh, let's all be on the same page and, uh, because that's the examples we see in the Word of God, right? They were all in one accord. They were uh, preaching the same way or, or praying the same way. And when they all prayed the same way, then they all got the same results, right? Uh, and so, uh, and I believe we can do that. You know, I, I, in my heart, I believe that uh, even the people that are here have the ability to do that, amen, that we have the capacity to do that and pray in a united way in that direction because that's the example. And, you know, I've told you that some people have come to me over the years and said, well, my vision was wrong. And, uh, well, all that tells me is that we can never get to Acts chapter 4 as long as you're here. Uh, or as long as you have that attitude, right? And hopefully you can change, right? Because I, I believe everybody can change. But, you know, if, if we're here and 50% of us think, well, we should, we should be a missions church. And 50% of us think, no, we should be a, a, a youth group church. And then the other 50% of us think we should be, an, uh, you know, an adult group church, you know. And we're out of 50%, right? But uh, then you got another 50% thinking something else, right? So, um, and the problem with that is none of those things are bad in of themselves, right? But if they're not in one accord, uh, then they, they're losing the power, right? If you've got an eight-cylinder engine and you're only running on four cylinders, then you've got half the power, right? It's just, it's just not going to get the job done if you're having to go up against, uh, uh, up against the enemy or against anything. Uh, and so it's helpful for a, a church and ministry always to, to make sure they understand what the vision of the pastor is and to be okay with that and not only be okay with that, but then be for it and, and pray in that same, well, Lord, Lord, that's what we want. We want that, right? Uh, and I believe that's how you get the job done because, you, uh, and I really believe all your desire is the same as this desire, right? To see this right here, to see us uh, speak the word of God boldly, to see signs and wonders and miracles take place, and to see the church attitude, right? It's not about getting those seats filled, but if there are people here, then they get to hear the word of God, don't they? And they get to grow in faith. And, and uh, that's my, my only desire is to is have people that uh, we can help increase their faith. Amen. And become victors and overcomers in this world. Uh, and part of that, and that's not the only thing, because you have responsibilities. I have responsibilities uh, individually, no doubt. Uh, but uh, there is value in a ministry uh, getting together and being on the exact same page. And, well, Lord, that's what we want. We want that right there. Uh, and was it even a long prayer? I mean, it was, it's only a couple of verses, right? Pretty, pretty short prayer, right? And it, and it was immediately the building shook and things started happening. So it's pretty good, right? Pretty good, pretty good deal. Uh, and so, of course, we're having uh, church here on uh, our prayer on Friday night. So I think that would encourage us, you know, just to, 
you know, uh, uh, add that to our prayer. Make sure that we're there, right? Because sometimes it's easy to, in a prayer time to, well, Lord, i got to pray for Aunt Susie and, and Betty Lou and, and uh, you know, uh, all, all the above people, and, and that's all fine, right? But when the, when the church moved, when things started shaking is when they all got on the same page, Lord, this is where we want to go as a ministry, right? Uh, and they, then they got there. So praise God. So I think it's a great example uh, that they had there. Uh, but, you know, that did use the prayer of faith, right? Because they prayed, they believed that they would get that, and they got what they asked for, so that's the prayer of faith. Uh, and so, you know, you do mix these things together uh, often. And so we'll, we'll pick up uh, next week and look at uh, some more uh, types of prayer here. So I want to pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God, and, and Lord, we thank you for the example that you gave us in your word. We thank you, Father, that uh, we can have the same things that they had, that there's not any any limitation, Father, that it's not because it's 2021 and you just don't do that anymore. Uh, if if they did it, Father, then we have the capacity to do it because the reason why you wrote that and you recorded it in your word is, Father, so that we could see it, see the example of your church, follow their examples when they had great success in the realm of the spirit. And, Father, we can do the same thing. And so, Father, we commit ourselves to be in one accord when we pray and to declare your goodness, Father, and to request boldness that we speak your word boldly, not just the pastor, not just the pulpit ministry, Father, but all of us when we're out in the streets and at Walmarts and in, in line, Father, we can speak your word boldly, Father, with compassion and grace, Father. Uh, and, Lord, as we do that, we thank you that uh, you will empower us with boldness by granting unto us, just like you did with the early church, Father, that, that signs and wonders would be done by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. And so, Father, we expect that uh, if you give us boldness, that you also grant unto us the signs and wonders and diverse miracles that you granted to the church uh, in the early days, Father. Uh, you're no respecter of persons. You're only a respecter of faith. And so, Father, we believe that you'll do that. We thank you just as they thanked you, Father, uh, for doing those things for them. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Uh, he is good. Amen. Uh, and so let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. So don't forget, uh, we got prayer uh, Friday night. And then, um, uh, of course, uh, Will's got a birthday coming up a week from Saturday there. So be sure to wish him a happy birthday. And uh, I found out today that uh, Tom flights back at home from the hospital. You know, he had the surgery earlier in the week and, and recovering well. Uh, and so uh, we just continue to pray for his uh uh, his improvement is quick and speedy recovery. Amen. Uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared, and um, uh, we'll get together here on uh, Friday night, right? So, um, and then um, I think I said uh, Ladies Fellowship on April the 17th, right? So not this Saturday. Normally it's the second Saturday, uh, but uh, you guys will have that on the third Saturday. So, all right. Praise God. Well, it's nice to springtime showed up. Amen. Uh, and, uh, um, so I think we got any of the announcements. I think we're good, right? So y'all be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord, and we'll see you on Friday.